Welcome to Fresh Catholic, a podcast for those who are converting, reverting, or simply want a fresh perspective of the Catholic faith to help them to open their hearts and minds to become closer to the love and goodness of Christ. My daily prayer is that I will be a bright light to others, to be filled with the love and light of Christ, so that when people look at me, they see Him radiating out from me for His glory. Hello and welcome. I'm Lori Balderas, and I'm so happy you're here. So since this coming Sunday is going to be Mother's Day, today's topic is motherhood, the highs and lows of motherhood, and there are many. So first of all, I want to read you something that I wrote. To the mothers who have shaped, guided, loved, and cared for us, To the mothers who struggle in mind, body, and spirit, and have sacrificed for their children's well-being over their own. To the women who are about to become mothers for the first time or the sixth time. To the mothers who have lost their children in one way or another. To the mothers who aren't blood-related, but are heart-related. To all the mothers and grandmothers, may God bless you and your children and grandchildren. I love you, gorgeous. I hope you have a day filled with love, appreciation, happiness, and joy. So happy Mother's Day to everybody. So I have a confession to make. I decided to redo this episode. I actually recorded an entire other episode about this. I wasn't happy with it, and so here I am going to redo it. Um, I thought this topic would be easy, and it wasn't. (laughs) So much like motherhood, it's not always easy. So here I am. I'm going to give it another try, and so here we go. So I have a mom. I am a mom. I have three children. I have Taylor, who's 34, Kaylee, who's 33, and Cody, who's 31, Um, I have a daughter, Kaylee, obviously, and a daughter-in-law who are mothers, and that's who's made me a grandmother of seven. I am a stepmother to four children, so there's a lot of mothering going on there. In my opinion, there is a hierarchy of Mother's Day, only my opinion. My belief is that on Mother's Day, A person should first thank their own mother and grandmother for all the gifts, especially life, that they have given and show deep appreciation, love, and gratitude to them. Then we as mothers should hope that we have our own children do the same for us. And then we acknowledge and give thanks to other mother figures we have who have contributed to our lives in some way. Ways to show mom how special she is. And I think it depends on the mom. So I think for Mother's Day, I'm always interested to know how people spend their Mother's Day. Um, Some mothers, you know, like to go to the beach or the movies or on a hike or something like that. I know my brother always plants for my mother in her garden on Mother's Day, which I think is a really sweet tradition. So I generally take my mother out for lunch 
and buy her some little sweet gift. But I just think that's cute that my brother does that. But, you know, it's up to however your mom wants to spend it. Maybe your mom wants to be alone. <laughs> maybe maybe that's her Mother's Day. I don't know. So just consider what your mother would like to do, not always what you would like to do. I have a very wonderful mother. Um, I'm very blessed to have such a sweet, kind, charming mother. And I feel like she has given me um, many gifts that only she could give me. I know my dad gave me certain gifts that I'm really grateful for, but this isn't a Father's Day episode. So my mother has definitely given me a lot of things like I get my positive spirit from her. I'm friendly because she's a friendly person. I'd like to think I get some charm from her because she's a very charming lady. Uh, she has very nice manners. She's a very wonderful mother. And definitely a good role model for me as a grandmother. She is very beloved by her grandchildren and great-grandchildren, so I just think that just shows what kind of woman she is. She has really taught me about making things special, making people feel special. I love the holidays because of my mother. She, um, I, I always have had wonderful holiday memories, and she would even make up own, her own little holidays. So that's one of the things I love is she started where she would give me a half birthday, and I didn't have any friends that had a half birthday. <laughs> I did. And she would take me, you know, for she would buy me a little gift. And then when I had children, she started a tradition of the half birthday would be getting them an ice cream and a book. And then I continued that on. I'm not as good as she was at it. I, I need to be more consistent. But anyway, um, I love things like that about my mother. So she's a sweet little lady, and I'm I'm very blessed to have her. One year, I wrote, I think I actually did this a couple years, I wrote my mother just this big long list of reasons I loved her or my memories of her or things she had done for me, just like kind of bullet points. But I just really loved like doing that for her. Um, it was a good process for me, but that's an idea of something you could do instead of just writing a card, which cards are great. Um, actually, you know, specifically tell your mother what, what, you know, you love about her. I think becoming a mother, going through the process of, you know, getting pregnant and going through the whole process of being pregnant with your child and feeling your child grow inside of you is such an amazing phenomenon. I mean, God just made this beautiful miracle of people becoming pregnant and their baby grows inside of them. And you have such a connection with your child and your baby. And you know, there's really nothing like it. I can't really describe it. I know everybody that's had a child would definitely know what I'm talking about. And I, I do always kind of laugh at the fact that, you know, when we're pregnant, it's very uncomfortable. It's, you know, we're, we're in it for the haul, but it's very uncomfortable. And, uh, but we're excited. And then, you know, you go through labor. It's exhausting. It's painful. You think, oh my gosh, you know, I'm never going to do this again. It's the worst thing in the world. And then this baby comes out and you forget all everything you just went through and you want to have 12 more, you know, so maybe not 12, but <laughs> at least a few more. So I just, I love that about the, the, you know, the strength of a woman having a baby as you have this baby and then, and then you, you want to do it again, you know, it's totally worth it. 
So I do know, you know, some women struggle to get pregnant. Some people struggle with miscarriages. I haven't suffered with either one of those, but my heart is very, you know, sympathetic about that. My heart breaks for people that struggle with those things. I definitely have never taken for granted that I get pregnant so easily and have had these children. Um, I'm just abundantly grateful. And so, you know, I just would hope that other women wouldn't give up hope. I know I have a few friends that have really struggled with with these issues and they've been given miracles and I think, you know, they never gave up. And so something to think about. So like I said, I have three children and they're very close in age and I kind of, I mean, that wasn't my plan. They were all born early. And um, so there have been benefits of them being close in age, which I really have enjoyed. And obviously it was God's plan to have them born the way they were. And I love that they have some things that are very similar about, you know, being siblings and some things that are definitely marked differences. So I think that's so in in every family. And I do love to see, you know, resemblances of children in, you know, just their mannerisms or how they look or things they like or dislike. So um, I've always really enjoyed that with my children you know, uh, my son Taylor, he really is into music and growing up, he and my son Cody didn't play sports really, but they, Taylor was a musician, Cody was an artist. And so we just really embraced that about them and love that. And um, they were both really good at those things. And then our daughter Kaylee was, um, she was more the athlete. And so we really embraced that. And so my children, um, I just really enjoyed being their mother. Of course, um, my oldest son, Taylor, had some mental issues, which were very, you know, uh, distressing and hard on it, on the family and, of course, him. So raising him was done in one way, and raising Kaylee and Cody was done in kind of a different way. I'm so happy that they had each other, um, Kaylee and Cody. They're very close now. Um, like little, I think they're like twins because they're only 15 months apart. So there are two peas in a pod and, and they're very close. And so I'm really happy about that, that they're so close, but I just loved being their mother and doing activities with them. And just, you know, when they were growing up, we took everything on, like we ran the truck club and we ran the cub pack and, um, you know, just got involved with them and tried to do fun activities with them, be good parents to them. That's my memory of being a mother to them as children and teenagers. They were amazing teenagers. I loved that phase. Um, We had the best time with them. Our house was the one where everybody went and they just really didn't give us much trouble, to be honest with you. Um, So that was nice. And then having them as children that are adults now Um, that's been, um, a different phase and it's challenging at times, but I think that's normal. So I'm very proud of all three of my children and I'm proud of the adults they've become and they're wonderful parents. They're, they're good to other people. So I'm, I'm very proud that I'm their mother. So I know that Everybody goes through these different phases with their children. I think, you know, that's just life. And so I kind of was thinking about the different phases of of motherhood. So, you know, obviously 
you're pregnant, like we talked about, and you have this baby, and then then you're given this baby, especially the first one. It's like, uh-oh, what do we do now? Um, I used to always joke, not joke, that Taylor was our trial and error baby, God bless him, because, you know, everything we did was for the first time with Taylor. So I think you all know what I mean about that. So I think there's these different phases, and I think, you know, the words that come to my mind are the, are the um, phrases that make me think of these different times are, when you first have your baby, you're very inexperienced. You have a lot of fatigue. <laughs> you're worried, you know, like if you're feeding them right, you know, like. We'll be right back. It's Joseph M. Wanted with the Constitutionalist Politics. Tune in for the upcoming episode for May 4. Issue, never the issue. As well as, yes, Peter Serafin. Rosemary Downer, Don Gallade, Gista the Rapper, Cy Young, Jason Perry, and upcoming Jack Hagar, Andrew Thorpe King, Trent Rock, Ed Temple, Chris Morehouse, and more. Please tune in to Constitutionalist Politics. God bless. Um, it's just kind of constant worry with this little baby. It's it's total blissful love, but it's but it's a lot of worry. I remember when I had Taylor, and my husband, his father, went to work for the first time after he was born, and my mother in law had been staying with us, and she left, and suddenly I'm alone with this baby, and I called my mom and I said, "What do I do if I need to take a shower?" And she said, "What do you mean?" And I said, "What do I do with the baby?" And she said. Well, put him in his little seat and take a shower. And I was like, oh, okay. She goes, he's not going to run away. I mean, you know, he's just going to sit there. So it's just, I just think that's funny. Like, you know, you're just trying to do your best. And and then I think you, as a mother, you go through a phase. I don't think this ever ends, honestly. I think the second you have that baby till the rest of your days, I believe most moms have a mama bear syndrome. <laughs> like, you are constantly protecting your baby whether they're a six foot tall you know teenager you are a mama bear and you're protecting your baby so I think that's an interesting phase but I don't know that it's ever ending I think mothers are very nurturing um, most of the time that's a that's a very you know typical thing Um, and then I think we move into moments of frustration with our children. They become very independent and, you know, auton- is it autonomous? Is that the word? <laughs> they start venturing out. And, you know, there's exasperation at times. Um, there's hopefulness and hopelessness um, raising a child. There's moments of heartache when others hurt or harm our children, um, which is kind of bound to happen um, in life. You know, they're, they're going to come up against um, negativity and hostility of people and situations. So that's hard as a mother to watch that. There's heartache when we find out that we've hurt or let down our children. So I know I've hurt and upset my children in a few ways, in maybe many ways, according to them. And, you know, that's been really hard for me. Um, My children and I are somewhat estranged, which is very hard, very hard and heartbreaking to me. Um, That's not at all what I want to be having happen right now. 
or any time for that matter. So, you know, uh, just to kind of explain it a little bit is that, you know, when our children are being raised or they're teenagers or young adults, we as mothers and parents are pretty much expected to go along with, you know, what the phases of our children and the different things they go through and we're supposed to just accept them and 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 nurture them no matter what and you know we do that as mothers we love and support our children and they go through all these different ins and outs and phases of of life and we're there but then sometimes as a parent we go through things where we're changing and it can be frustrating when the children don't give us the same grace back. So for example, I used to be one type of mother with my children. I was married to their dad. We had a whole different life and I was a completely different mother than I am today. And I don't really look back and have, I do have some regrets, but I thought I was doing a fine job and I thought I was a great mother to them. And unbeknownst to me, there were things that, you know, obviously were frustrating to them. So that's okay. And I can, I can live with that. But then when their dad and I got a divorce, then my life changed completely. It flipped everything over. And instead of having a midlife crisis, I had a midlife conversion and I found the Catholic church. And so, of course, as we all know, I converted Um, At age 49, I ended up getting remarried, and these things were not happy events for my children. They don't necessarily understand my religion or my marriage, and they don't really support me in those things. And so that has caused, you know, a a divide and a a rift, and um, they have found some negativity with, with those things, and I do understand some of their feelings and I do understand their worries and their anxiety and their anger about some issues with my marriage and the Catholic Church. So I don't necessarily blame them for feeling the way they do, but, you know, just in the way that when they want to do things in their life, I need to become understanding and try to, you know, wrap my mind around it or allow them to have their own life. And in the same way, um, you know, this estrangement is not something I want. This isn't something that I have any interest in. I know I went from seeing my children and grandchildren, you know, daily, weekly to rarely. I rarely see my, my daughter and my grandchildren. I even more rarely see my son Cody. And that's heartbreaking to me. That's not what I want. And I have been, you know, separated from them. And again, it's not anything that I wanted or, you know, but I've been basically given an ultimatum of you give up the the Catholic church in your marriage. um, And you were back, you know, and that's not, that's not right. And that's not fair. Um, you know, I love my church. I love my faith. I love my religion. I love my husband. Um, there's been a lot of family issues and marriage issues, but 
you know, I'm in this, I'm in this religion, I'm in this marriage, I'm in this family. Um, I don't want to give up on anybody. But if I'm given an ultimatum, I choose Christ. That's it. It's as simple as that. It's not simple to other people. It's it sounds horrible to other people. But I'm not giving other people an ultimatum. I don't want that ultimatum as a mother. I don't want that ultimatum. I would never say that to my child. And so sometimes we have to be respectful to our parents back and remember they're also humans. They also are people. They also have feelings. They also have a life. And if I want to do something positive like be a part of a religion and church that I love and that's brought me peace and joy, and I'm in a marriage that has had its bumps, but I'm trying to keep my sacramental marriage together, those are things that my children should be supporting me on and should be, you know, being a cheerleader for me. Okay, maybe that's too much. Maybe a cheerleader is asking too much. But I would just like some grace from it. So I... I'm pretty sure there's probably many mothers out there that struggle with ups and downs with their children, whether they're babies, teenagers, or grown-ups. So we're all changing, and we all have to kind of support each other and love each other. And, you know, that's all I have to say about that. I feel like there's mothers who have lost children um, sadly, because they passed away. And boy, that's really heartbreaking. I have, I know a lot of people that have, you know, their children have passed away before they have. And that's, I never had that happen. But I can imagine that's probably the worst pain you can ever have to deal with. So I definitely feel for those people and my heart goes out to them. And so that kind of brought up when I was thinking about that brought up, you know, how much the our blessed mother had to go through with Jesus, the all the things that he endured, and she was there the entire time with him, you know, we of course don't know really about his childhood. I like to sometimes imagine what his childhood was like. And, you know, how was uh, Mary and Joseph as parents and you know, my husband and I own a film production company, and I'm always waiting for somebody to make a movie about that. It wouldn't be factual, but <laughs> I think it would be a really interesting story. Um, so maybe Wonder Mouse will make that movie someday. Um, anyway, I just really think about the Blessed Mother and just, um, again, in reference to like the Passion of the Christ movie, when you watch that movie and you just, as a mother, you can feel the pain and just the suffering of Mary, you know, just devastated. I mean, there was no worse pain than watching what he went through. I mean, anyway, I just, um, I think she's a real model of, of strength and motherhood that, you know, you're just have to be there for your children. And, you know, they have to go through some things sometimes and you have to stand by and watch it. And they should know that you're there and you will always hug them and wipe away their tears and, you know, put a Band-Aid on it and just give them all the love in your heart, just like she did with Jesus.
So I hope you treat your mother like a queen for Mother's Day, and I hope your children do the same for you. I hope there's a lot of love and joy out there um, for the people who are sad for Mother's Day. I hope you have really beautiful memories of your mother um, and your grandmother or aunts or anybody that you know has been a mother figure to you. I hope you really take the day in uh, beautiful memory of them and you know um, maybe do something for someone else who's a mother who whose child has died or who is estranged from their children. Maybe do something nice for them so they feel special on Mother's Day. So um, I hope you've enjoyed this episode, and I just want to tell you some fresh Catholic news. Um, So I've said this before, but I'll say it again. I'm on social media, Instagram, at Fresh Catholic, Facebook, Fresh Catholic. I have a YouTube channel, so if you go to that, it's Fresh Catholic, and please subscribe to that. That would be amazing. There will be um, videos on there. So, you know, check it out, spread the word. And then um, I have a daily blog I've been doing on my website, which is freshcatholic.com. So I hope you go to that and just read my little blog thoughts for the day. Um, It's just another way to connect everybody um, and build up that kingdom, the kingdom of the Lord. And then um, I've done a couple speaking events, so I'm so happy about that. Um, anytime I can go to talk to a group is, you know, something I'm really interested in doing. I want to do more and more of that, and I can do it on any topic that, you know, you would like me to do it on, but that would be great. So please share all this with your friends. Please catch up on podcast episodes if you haven't heard them, and I just look forward to the future with this. It's getting bigger and bigger, everybody, and it's all because of you, and I'm so grateful, and I know the Lord is guiding me to do this, and it's all for Him, and it's all for His glory. Thank you. Love you. Bye. Thank you for joining me today. Now go out and be a bright light in someone's life, and remember, be focused, be faithful, and be fresh. Fresh Catholic is recorded at Wonder Mouse Studios at the Castle at Pierpont in Ventura, California. My producer and engineer is Sarah Espel, and she could be yours too. Our podcast studio is available for rent. You can reach us at wondermouse.us or freshcatholic.com.